0: And links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started.
1: My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest yourself today. This episode is going to be a celebration of perseverance, excellence, and mining the silver lining. In my book, Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. There's a whole section about why it's important to invest in the silver lining in every cloud. The silver is a precious metal. You can find when things get disrupted, when you have a crisis, when you have an emergency, when you have a complete disruption of things as you've known them up until now, On the one hand, it can be painful, it can be disconcerting, it can be a challenge in so many ways depending on your situation. On the other hand, it creates for you sort of a blank slate. It gives you a freedom and an emancipation to attempt new things, to create new paradigms that oftentimes just doesn't exist the way we'd like it to when things are going well and we have things to fulfill. Today, we're going to celebrate one of those entrepreneurs, one of those business creators who saw the opportunity, who saw the silver lining, here is the COVIDian era began, and has done something that when I heard about it was pretty remarkable. So I was very intrigued by the possibility of having her on the Business Creators radio show. She gracefully agreed, and we're going to have some fun with this. Her name is Tamika Wells. She's the owner and founder of Honey Bee grocery delivery in winston-salem north carolina she's passionate about excellent customer service as well in giving back to her community she enjoys helping business excuse me busy business owners and families save time by offering food concierge services Uh, she needs to open a branch in las vegas honeybee was strategic in protecting families from covid during the height of the bug while finding the elusive items like toilet paper that were flying off the shelves Honeybee is currently developing an app to help delivery drivers earn better pay while lowering delivery fees for rebounding local restaurants. Tamika Wells, come on in. The weather's fine.
2: Yeah, awesome. Great. It's pretty nice out here in North Carolina, too, but I'd love to be in Vegas.
1: Oh yeah. 119 degrees, uh, dry heat. Oh yeah. After I'm oh, done yeah. with you, after I'm done with you, I think I'm going to go soak in the pole anyway.
0: <laughs> anyway.
1: Yeah, that That's actually one of the things that makes it very nice. If you, uh, as I go jump in the pool for five minutes, I come back to the balcony soaking wet and, uh, the, the hour that it takes for me to dry out keeps me cold. And I just repeat the process. I can keep going all day with it. I can keep going all day with this. So okay, okay. fortunately our conversations are about 55 minutes, which means the timing on this will be just right. Before we get into what's going to be a very interesting conversation we like to do here on Business Creators Radio Shows, I read off your official biography, which is so inspiring that I'm not sure that I am worthy to be here. And this is my show. What no, I want to do absolutely. is I want to ask you a bit more about your personal journey and what's brought you to where you are today. What drove you to serve business creators and the community at large from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion?
2: I was a single mom. Uh, and I say was because now he's grown. He's 21 and he's in the U.S. Army uh, training Great. to be a medic at RN for our country. So um, he's off on his own. He's grown now. And at the time, about four years ago, he was having a tough time, really a lot of hard things going on in the private or pers- in public schools were really, really rough things that I could share news articles about to prove that I'm not making up a Hollywood story. Right. And so he needed to get out of there and get into private school. while well, I'm a single mom working at a a large bank, but not making enough. So I had to find a second. Uh, I knew as a former tax preparer, you needed a business, not a second job. So I found uh, Instacart at the time and was making really good money and was able to pay for his private school tuition and also keep a roof over our head. Well, as I saw things starting to change in California, because I'm connected to a lot of those groups, um, I saw changes were gonna come to North Carolina. So I had to find something else to do to make sure that um, I still had income and my family stayed safe. And I also saw that with random people showing up at uh, our customer's door, uh, that that was a problem that needed to be solved. Uh, Because I wouldn't even order from these apps because I didn't like the different people that I ran into in the stores and at the restaurants. I also did other companies like, I also delivered for other companies and other apps as well. Right. So I created a business that you had the same consistent shoppers, the same, you would have the same consistent drivers and that same friendly excellence, not random one minute, there's melted ice cream on your porch. Then the next time you get great service, I wanted consistency throughout it all.
1: Right, you know that, and that's very interesting. Is and this is part of the reason I wanted to have you on the show. Is this shift toward, and I'm and I'm going to make a statement just one time. This is uh, this is how I feel about things because you have even now this debate as to whether or not we should live in Covidian lockdown conditions, and there are people that even now believe that. You know, we have vaccines out there. We figured out how to manage this thing for the most part. Uh, we even have the intelligence to deal with variants as they arise. And they still want to go back to this thing where we live in this artificial dystopian lifestyle where we never leave our homes. And what I say to them is you know what, that's perfectly fine. Because we're at a point now where you could lock yourself inside your house and never come out. You can even have your groceries delivered right to your front door. (laughs) And folks like you are there to help people exercise their freedom of choice as American citizens, which is what I love.
2: (laughs) I I mean, I, I love that too. And that, you know, Uh, if you want to go to the beach and have everything put in your freezer and your refrigerator while you're away in the garage, I can come in and do that. And you won't have to worry about your house and anything being missing. Um, I look at it like that, that uh, we realized during this pandemic, there's so much more you could do besides being in the grocery store.
1: Yeah. You know, you hit on something right there. You mentioned that uh, there's a level of service with some of this stuff where they, if you're working with a company and you have dedicated people involved, you can give them Access to a limited part of your residence where they can actually come in and put perishables inside containers like refrigerators, freezers, or ice boxes where the perishables will be maintained until such time as you can collect them. I know mm-hmm. that in the community I live right now, uh, the community I live right now is this very large apartment community that uh, several years ago it used to be two separate communities until some company that flips apartment communities bought them both and merged them. So Mm. there's another unit on the other end of the property that uses a different street address that has the same number as mine. And I've Mm -hmm. lost count of how much stuff was left on my doorstep that was somebody ordering food that they didn't even knock on my door or anything. They just left it there. And I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to do what with this?
2: Mm -mm. That's what Google Maps is for.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. And the, the the problem with that is you can't. You you get all this stuff dumped on your door, and the real person who suffers is the individual who actually ordered it and expected mm-hmm. it on their door.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: So they're so so, very
2: intuitive. <laughs> yeah.
1: So now not only do you have to, if you choose to, create a relationship with somebody who lives far away from you, uh, but then you run into the they ordered it that way because they didn't want it touched by anyone. So me taking it to them or me saying, come pick up your stuff is not going to serve the original purpose. Exactly. Yeah. So as as we get a little bit further into this, let me just ask one question of you real quick. Uh, Whether it was you doing the deliveries or people working for you doing the deliveries, how did that feel to uh, leave something on somebody's doorstep, ring their doorbell or knock on the door and then walk away knowing that you would have no human interaction with your customer.
2: With other apps, it was, you felt isolated or alienated, but with honeybee delivery, we still can communicate via text and GIFs. That was one of the funnest things is we send each other cat GIFs and funny um, pictures and videos and, and you get videos and pictures of what's going on inside the store. So it's very personable. There's a couples that we built relationships with. We didn't see for the last three to six months until after we all had our vaccines. Right. So, and we were still friends and we never saw each other's face. So um, it's a way to connect to people, regardless of if we're trying to keep them safe or not, even if they just wave behind the glass door, you know, that's what we would do if if they wanted that, if they wanted it left then we know they know it's safe and, and um, that's fine.
1: Great. Now, uh, how big has this gotten for you? Because you have some large scale competitors, although I'm already beginning to see how you differentiate from them. So how how scalable is your model?
2: Currently, we run on the Dumpling app, which is out of Seattle, Washington. They Uh were former Instacart shoppers who wanted to build a better, uh, more ethical brand. So they created an app that business owners like myself can build takeout and delivery services on and they're across the nation Um, and they're very equitable, very fair. Um, However, at this time, I can only be, I can be the only person on there unless I shop inside the store and have drivers come and pick items up. So it's not so scalable. So that's why we were working on the um, takeout and other grocery delivery apps that we can have based directly out of Winston-Salem.
1: Right. But what I'm hearing here is that there are opportunities for enterprising entrepreneurs who want to take advantage of the, uh, the COVIDian and post-COVIDian economy by doing this themselves. And there is support out there to help them do it.
2: Absolutely. Dumplin' is wonderful for that. Absolutely. Hands down. I actually coached for them for several months during the pandemic to train other um, business owners in other states.
1: Yeah. Could you spell that just so that I can look it up for myself?
2: Absolutely. It's um, shop, S-H-O-P dot D, like David, U-M-T-L-I-N-G dot U-S. So like uh, dumplings, dumplings, chicken and dumplings. Oh, okay. uh, Steamed dumplings. Yes.
1: Oh, I see. I see. So... So basically what this is like a personal shopper network. So this is something that allows somebody if they want to get into the personal shopping business and serve a specific clientele that they can develop this for themselves in their own local market. And what's really cool about it is they can build their own dedicated clientele where you have that level of trust and you have that level of relationship where you don't have to deal with randoms.
2: Absolutely. And you can go on their website and put your zip code in and find a dumpling shopper near you. And I'm sure there's some in Vegas as well.
1: Oh, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. So uh, (laughs) while we keep talking here, I'm going to try that. I mean, I, uh, I mean, while this was all going on, I typically, what I typically did is if I wanted something from somewhere, I went and picked it up. I I just don't like people coming to where I live at all. I have a separate Mm -hmm. mailing address. Nobody even finds out where I live unless uh, they're expected to be here. The community management knows that in order for me to let anybody in to service my apartment, that they have to notify me in advance. Uh, The good news is that's actually my lease agreement. They can't just walk in without my permission. On the Mm -hmm. other hand, they also know that all they have to do is make a simple phone call and I'll let them in.
2: Good. You sound like me.
1: Yeah. 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 It's like uh, I'm also one of those people that uh, when I hang out with people, I go to them. They don't come to me. My, uh, (laughs) my, 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 my residence is owned by my two feline owners, Princess Uh Alessandra Francesca and Princess Stella Juliana. They have approved (laughs) no visitors whatsoever. And uh, this whole place is designed to fit their needs. I am am allowed to stay here so long as I pay their rent and I make sure that I open their wet food.
2: (laughs) Well, I think my jelly and pudding are pretty content with the dry food. Uh, They do uh, put in, used to like the um, visitors, but Jelly didn't. So
1: (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. And you know, the fact is I have, uh, I did the do a search and I found about seven or eight people that within my local zip code of where I actually live. uh, I found, uh, I found eight shoppers on this dumpling network. And then when I search, when I do a search by the zip code where my mailing address is, I find 15.
2: Mm -hmm. And they have their ratings and you have reviews up there, their delivery rate is what source they are willing to shop. Everything is right up there at your, your disposal.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And I see that, uh, and I see mostly five-star reviews. One of them has a 4.8. They were probably the one that left the uh, ice cream out on the step uh, on the biggest <laughs> summer day. Uh, but uh, but, yeah, but yeah, and I see the ones that have done one delivery and the ones that have done a hundred. And I also mm-hmm. see that uh, two of them have developed brands like you've developed the brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, re- the rest of them are doing very much a freelance sort of thing, but that's, I think, what kind of sets you apart. Now, I think I heard you say the part of the reason you developed a brand around this is for a combination of positioning and also taxation purposes.
2: I did. I, how'd you pull that? That was very good. I just, I'm a big, I'm a big thinker, big dreamer. So one day I want to have a hub with other, you know, bees or, or hive or whatever you want to call it. That's catchy. And just to empower other drivers and, and shoppers to find their purpose and what they want to do, not just use them for their ability to make me rich.
1: Well, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Now, what I also kind of like about your model here, what I'm getting a sense of that makes this unique uh, compared to using one of the major brands that do these at-home deliveries of food and such is that if I can, I can have more of a personal relationship with a specific person or a specific team of people who know me and mm-hmm. I know them. So mm-hmm. that uh, like, if I have something special, I want, like, for example, if I want a certain brand of hummus, that's a certain flavor, they know what option B is if option A yeah. isn't there. And they know yeah. that and they know that if neither A nor B are there, to actually go to something else or to just skip that item, without uh, just throwing things in the bag for me that I don't want.
2: Exactly, and we are the only delivery companies that can tr- to deliver for Trader Joe's. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's 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 really that's really nifty. So one of the things, if we all recall from the uh, heights or rare the depths of the cabidian era, is that the great Cornholio was proven wise beyond his coverage. (laughs) That man spent years fighting for teepee for his people. And in 2020, we realized we finally needed him.
2: (laughs) Are you talking about Beavis and Butthead?
1: Of course I am. I'm speaking of the great- Cornholio. Yes. yes, I'm speaking of the great <laughs> Cornholio. That, that is that is a man whose entire life was devoted to making sure that his people had teepee.
2: Teepee for my bunghole.
1: Exactly. So, <laughs> how, so how do you do it?
2: Well, I have a relationship with the uh, Sam's Club and uh, Costco, so I was <laughs> able to get in earlier Uh, to pick up toilet paper and uh, grocery um, orders that my customers needed. Because there was a time where Instacart, uh, I think, and shipped as well, were allowed to go into uh, Costco's and Sam's Club earlier. And um, because I have that reputation and the relationship of kindness to the people in the retail stores, they let me and my business in as well. So we were able to go in as early as seven o'clock in the morning and get things before the lines hit the store.
1: Yeah, I see. I'm one of those people that buys those types of supplies once per year. My primary motivation is I have to carry it up a tall flight of steps by myself. And mm. I don't want to deal with that constantly. I'd rather I'd rather deal with the pain once per year. So I had enough of those types of things going into that to last me a year to begin with.
2: You sound like me. I have, um scops and everything already. So when I stand in line and they're acting like I want to for myself I'm like listen my bunghole is all set I'm doing this for my clients <laughs> ah. and I show, I show my app and I say I've got 82 repeat customers 600 and or something orders 475 five clients I'm almost servicing about 500 people would you rather all of those families at that time actually it was like 50 different repeat clients I said would you rather 50 families come in here or me or my my shoppers hey yeah so yeah I advocate it, definitely.
1: <laughs> See, it, it, yeah, th- this conversation is just full of these little items of wisdom. So what I love, what I want to pull out here to make sure that our listeners truly get this is you are in a position and are in a position where if shortages emerge again, mm-hmm. then you can get access to things simply because you bring clout with you. And mm-hmm. you bring a value to whoever it is you're buying it for. Because even with things basically being lifted at this point, there's still a push to limit crowds, which I guess makes sense. Mm-hmm. And you can come to these places and say, look, you want, you want to let me into your, uh, your exclusive hours simply because I'll keep 49 bodies out of your store and you still get the money.
2: Exactly. And I'm nice. And my oh, staff yeah. is nice. Uh-huh. We make people happy when we're in there. So don't you want happy staff?
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I, I typically want things to go as nicely as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is this going to continue? I mean, even, even if uh, we are where I think and hope we are, that we're basically more or less past all this stuff now. And that from this point forward, it's going to be mostly like managing new strains of the flu. If we're if because we, that's where I think we are, it's where I pray we are uh, so that we'll get we'll continue to be in a place where people can pretty much go shop whenever they want. Do you see there's still a future for this? Because this industry really exploded last year.
2: Absolutely, because originally my goal wasn't residential. It was the downtown areas that don't have uh, grocery stores and def- they don't have wholesale stores within, you know, 10 miles. And if you're working on a project developing software or an office building that's 30 floors high, save your lunchtime and someone can bring it to you or have put your groceries in your trunk so that when you leave work, you know, if you your deliver, deliveries may be at five, 4.45 and you leave at 5 o'clock, um, you can just get in your car and uh, or meet you at the car and then go home. You don't have to stop at the grocery store on the way home. So that was the purpose originally uh, to do, to refill uh, the the snacks or, or help um, corporations when they have their celebrations, deliver large bulk items. Um, but now we know that a lot of those corporations, people are working from home, but the original vision was for the downtown businesses.
1: You know, I I didn't think of that, but I remember those days when I was in corporate and I worked in the city, There was no grocery store anywhere. Right. You got your hour for lunch. There were plenty of restaurants around, but no matter what restaurant you went to, there were a lot of people taking lunch. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I I intentionally would take lunch at a different time than the mainstream, simply so I could get it in and out faster. If I wanted a Mm -hmm. sit down meal, I actually had time for the sit down part.
2: Right. I would take a when I worked in, I actually worked for Wells Fargo corporate before I went out as a full time um, entrepreneur. Yeah. And I would take my lunch at two o'clock.
1: That's funny. Cause I would, that, that's very similar to me. I would do something at like one 2 o'clock, something along those lines. Uh, I, 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 I'm one of those people that I'll have a real breakfast. So I had something to carry me over for a while. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It was also, it was also really nice about it is, uh, during the 12 to one hour where everybody else was queuing for lunch. Mm-hmm. Things were quiet. I could get some stuff done.
2: Exactly, exactly, and no one hanging over your desk talking while you're trying to work. I mean, I like people. Don't get me wrong, but
1: you know. yeah. <laughs> it's all. It's, it's also really great about that is you're working in corporate and you got a little side hustle thing going on. Uh, you can maybe uh, nibble on that for a little bit without too many prying eyes.
2: Well, I used to. We had a split, split shift, so I, when I was uh, my son, when I was doing that and corporate at the same time, I'd go out in the middle of the day on my lunch and make money while people are out spending money.
1: Yeah, you really are a hustler.
2: (laughs) I mean, you know, I tell people, you know, part of my story, and I'm going to be coming out with a book soon, is that while my son was under my roof, it was like that book, the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness for 20, 21 years, you know, trying to make ends meet for that for your son. So Yeah learn how to make it happen. And I was so grateful as much as I didn't like certain things about the gig industry. I really appreciated that opportunity to springboard what I'm doing now and be able to have a business now that's going to make, makes a difference, has made a difference and will make a difference in the community.
1: Yeah. After I finished MBA school in 2002, I did the usual networking interview thing. My goal was to become a training and development director for a Fortune 100 company. So mm-hmm. I uh, got a couple job offers. In one case, a company that wasn't even hiring was going to create a position for me. And, it, and I ended up turning it all down simply because I reconnected with a previous mentor of mine who at that chapter in his life owned a small training and development firm and needed somebody to basically cover his back end with respect to creating research for his presentations. He was also working on a book, so he needed a combination of research and even a little bit of ghostwriting. Uh, He Mm -hmm. also was doing a lot of corporate presentations and uh, didn't necessarily have the time to do the slight little tweaks to his signature talk between every one. Also, he had a thousand books he wanted to read and didn't have time to read them, so he uh, paid me to read them and then uh, then, uh, film short audios and explain to him what it was about.
2: Wow. Wow. Is he still hiring? No, i
1: No, just kidding. <laughs> now, now, well, actually, 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 he's moved on to something else. I believe he does more work with public speaking these days. So he's mm-hmm. not really in T and D at this point, but he's moved on to something. And uh, I've, you know, I've, I speak with him a couple of times a year, even though he's not a client anymore, he's really doing some great stuff with it. And uh, the, where I'm going with this is for about two years, I did that stuff on the side, and I got diagonally promoted at that company I worked at while I was in graduate school, and I wasn't sure whether I was going to chase the corporate ladder or I was going to follow the entrepreneurial dream. Well, something happened in November of 2004 when I realized what an idiotic, stupid, brain-dead numbskull my boss's boss was, so yeah, <laughs> you can tell I had a really bad day, and, I, and, so, I, and so I called this client of mine, uh, the one I mentioned earlier. And he told me that uh, if I were to quit that job then and there and give him evidence I had done so, he would give me $3,000.
2: Oh, wow.
1: I didn't take him up on it because I didn't believe in the possibilities. I didn't understand the possibilities. I didn't have a framework to understand the possibilities. Uh-huh. I thought, well, what's $3,000 going to do for me?
0: Uh-huh. I wasn't really
1: thinking. At the time, I didn't know else, didn't have an apartment. I was 25 years old. I didn't have a family. I had almost no debt other than the student loan that everybody has. I uh, I was maxed out on my PTO at that job anyway. So if I walked away then and there, I would get a, a payout that was equivalent to two months worth of my salary. I'd already figured out how to get individual health insurance uh, to cover anything that could happen. Uh, I was going to walk away with a nice little uh, uh, investment plan because I maxed out on their matching.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh all I had was him and one other small client. I'm thinking, how is the $2,800 a month I'm making off these two going to last me? Because three, three grand isn't going to carry me very far. Mm-hmm. If I knew the questions to ask, and I knew what I didn't know, what I needed to find out, and I could go back and whisper in my own ear, I would say, dude, you can do this for a third of that. Take the freaking money.
2: I ended up staying
1: at that job for another eight months. However, Mm -hmm. at that point, my decision was already made. I took it with a mind frame that I was just going to make my position better before I made the jump. So, what did I do between uh, one third? What did I do between say twelve and three o'clock every day? I took a really late lunch. I took advantage of the office being empty for that good hour or so. I Mm -hmm. found a nice little restaurant that was actually directly across the street from the building. So it only took me about three minutes to get there. Mm-hmm. I made friends with the people with all the regulars who worked there. I ordered the same food every day. So the minute they saw me walking in the door, they already knew who my order was and would have mm-hmm. it prepared for me before I even got to the counter saving Love me it. time.
2: Love so, uh,
1: between that I found within an eight hour workday almost two and a half hours to work on my business. There you go. So imagine all these personal shoppers that can do it.
2: Exactly. Exactly. If they have the mindset, and that was the main thing when I was coaching is the mindset.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And without, without that exposure and without having that framework to understand their questions to ask, some people don't even know that mindset is supposed to exist, much less know how to access it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. What, I love, what I love about what you've put together here is you've shown the possibilities. And candidly, being a personal shopper is not something that requires a large amount of scientific skill, I don't think. I mean, is there a lot of calculus and physics involved in it?
2: Technically, no. But if you do want to deliver three to four cases of water, you have four lifts that you have to do. One from the shelf, into the basket, one from the basket. Onto the conveyor belt, from the conveyor belt to the car, and then from the car to the person's uh, door.
1: Why are we measuring lifts?
2: Because of your back and the price of going to a chiropractor.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So we're looking now at opportunity costs.
2: We're looking at opportunity costs and liability, and we're looking at um, the value that we offer to that customer that they don't have to do it. Or, like you said, up those flights of stairs.
1: Right. So when it comes to the opportunity, cost and the liability, let's start with those two. Is there anything else that somebody wanting to do this type of hustle would need to be aware of in those two categories?
2: Absolutely. Um, If you are your own business and you hire a coach like myself to help you walk through and set up that business, um, you would get, you get that information of those things that you need, how you should set up, whether you should set up an LLC or not, or sole proprietorship, um, different liabilities. Should you have workman's comp? Are you responsible uh, for your alcohol deliveries? If you decide, if you so choose to do alcohol deliveries, are you responsible? Um, or, because a lot of things that people don't know is that. We technically as as um 1099 individuals are responsible if a uh, underage, a minor or something or, or an expired ID um for each state, um, we're responsible for that. But the way that the apps are set up in the gig economy, people don't know that. And in the coaching, we kind of, you know, detail that and talk to people about that so that they make sure they cover their own selves. <laughs> you know what I want to say, cover yeah. their own assets. Um, so make sure they're making an intelligent decision based on their state laws, uh, because a lot of states have certifications on this, but, um, depending on what gig you work for, like I worked for Amazon, Amazon paid us to take that training, whereas other apps did not. And so we were just kind of willy nilly in it, not knowing that we were putting ourselves at risk for 500, $200 fines.
1: Oh, that's it? $200? No, I'm kidding. Um, a, <laughs> but, 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 but seriously, as you, I, I kind of knew when I started with that question, you were going to get into alcohol deliveries. I, I, I just knew it. And I was thinking to myself, could I rig something up so that I could get my alcohol through a personal shopper if I was 18 years old or 15 years old for that matter, where I could leverage contactless delivery to get a hold of it?
2: Um, through most apps, the bigger, bigger box apps, they have a scanner where you have to scan the ID and make sure. Uh, so even if it's contactless, you know, like that client, that customer that I said, I, I didn't see for months, I did see them when they ordered beer one time because they had to stick their ID out of the door.
0: <laughs> uh-huh.
2: So you still have to have some form of contact, even if they want to saw that ID down afterwards.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. So, speak, so speaking of saw. Uh, my understanding is, because one of the things you shared in the green room is you had a special line on things like uh, toilet paper and Lysol. The Lysol was the same thing. You'd show up during the exclusive shopping hours and you'd buy a whole bunch of it. So you would buy 50 cans of Lysol. They no, I can't a, do that. Yeah, they, I can't
2: do that. Yeah. No, it wasn't yeah. that many. I wish. <laughs> it wasn't well, right, that many
1: right, cans. right. But I'm, but I'm just saying the value mm-hmm. proposition to them would have been the same is do you want 47 people coming in here and buying this? Or do you want people, one person buying it for 47 people? And mm-hmm. you know, you're able to show them you're a legit personal shopper. You're not a hoarder.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. You
1: know, I think back to, uh, I don't know if you remember this story, but when this whole thing started, somebody recognized that hand sanitizer was going to become a precious commodity. So they just went around to every convenience store Every pharmacy, everywhere where they sold, they sold hand sanitizer and they worked as a team where mm-hmm. they, did, like one person didn't just grab it all. They would just target places and they'd go in three or four of them at mm-hmm. separate times. They would just buy the whole thing. They stuck it in a garage somewhere and mm-hmm. then tried to sell it on eBay at like a 900% markup and it got shut down.
2: Mm-hmm. There was teenagers, I remember. Yeah. hmm
1: and, when I, and when, I saw, when I saw that, I'm thinking, yeah, they kind of deserve that, because they were stupid about it.
2: Right. They were selling it for about $50 a bottle.
1: This is, that's, what I, that's what I mean by stupid. Now, candidly, uh, if I had had the foresight, I might have gone and grabbed up a bunch of that stuff, knowing that it was going to become unavailable and been in a position where I could sell it. But here's two things I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have gone out of my way to publicize an eBay store is the first thing. And I would have taken, <laughs> and I would have taken a markup that gave me uh coverage for my overhead and my and variables with a little profit afterwards. So I'd have made some money right. because that, because that's capitalism, but I right. wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have gouged
2: price, price people goes, who yeah.
1: just need to keep their kids safe. There's a difference. Right.
2: Right. And I wish I had had access to all that when I, Saw what was going on in December and January in other countries simply because we would be a hub or have what people needed later. So um, and that that was and and it was a struggle for a minute to get masks for me and my staff as well. Um, but I just love the spirit of the people of Winston Salem, North Carolina. We had people making us masks. We had clients making us masks. Um, we were able to order N95 or uh, KN95 online um, and get gloves. We had um, some of our chamber members giving us that had the clothes, unfortunately, for the the uh, shutdown, giving us uh, Purell and gloves and things like that. So it was really a uh, divine and soul warming time as well to see the community come together and make sure that we stay safe.
1: That's great. Uh, and and that, what that shows me is that there is and I've been saying this all along, there's a basic goodness to humanity.
2: Oh man, yeah. Oh, we, yeah. We just, we...
1: yeah, we just give too many megaphones and too, much, and too many magnifying glasses to the relatively small amount of bad actors. So you think oh, that everybody, everybody's out there to, to take advantage of somebody. But the fact is, no. And you mentioned that you had these independent people that turned to making face coverings. Well, that's another business opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, yeah, if you have the skill and you're able to do the sewing and create these things, maybe make a branded design or something like that, and you can they make did. some money with it, that's capitalism.
2: They did, yes. A lot of people did, and a lot of people were giving them away. And then some of them, they said, nope, it's only for the medical staff. And I said, that's fine. <laughs> we, we are first responders. We're making sure people get their toilet paper and their lights off. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, these, well
1: yeah, when you look at it from a marketing perspective, these are all niches.
2: They are. Yeah. So if
1: they so if they say we're only gonna work we're only gonna work with medical professionals, that's great. Their inventory, their marketing, what they do will be targeted toward the medical industry. And it'll deliver that it'll deliver that niche a better product.
2: Right, 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 right.
1: Yeah. Uh so you told me that you have how many clients right now? About 50 give or take?
2: We had um, about 82 at one point during the height of everything last year. And now we have about, we have about 44 clients, about 28 repeats. So
1: is that, how do you, how do you manage that? Uh, Because I think you said it was mostly just you or do you have other people involved?
2: We had other people last year, especially when I needed to be at Sam's Club and Costco at the same time, or I'm at Costco and someone needs to hunt down a thermometer for someone who may have been diagnosed or may believe that they have covid um we had right. an awesome story of uh send someone to go get we had to call and track down a walmart that had it and thankfully the last one on the shelf was the ten dollar one and not the hundred dollar one
0: Ooh.
2: um you know we tried down wipes and wet ones and different things like that so we were really blessed there's a lot of times where i look at the shelf and exactly what our client needed was the last one on the shelf so it was just confirmation over and over again that honeybee delivery is doing a great service and that's what we're called to do.
1: I went 47 days without a haircut. Oh wow. I had the I had the foresight to get a high and tight the day before they closed all the barber shops.
2: Wow.
1: And uh 15 days turned into 30, 30 turned into 45, 45 turned into 3 months. By day 45, I was counting how many days it had been, and I was enduring the headaches that I get when my hair gets too long.
0: And And I thought if
1: there was ever a time to find out what's underneath, this would be the time. (laughs) Do you know how many many places I had to visit to find hair clippers? (laughs) Because suddenly everybody became a barber.
2: Right, right, right. I, even I have had, clip, I even had clippers
1: for my long-haired cat. <laughs> well, yeah, and this was and this was for me. I mean, I I almost went to get animal clippers because that was the next step. Yeah. Uh, I I I researched five different places and finally I found a Walmart Supercenter that was kind of out of my way that had mm-hmm. you guessed it, one of them sitting on the shelf.
2: Wow, see?
1: It wasn't it wasn't a really good one, but I figured I'm trying something one time. If mm-hmm. I like it, I may keep it. And if not, I'll be sitting here for two more weeks. It'll grow back anyway. Well, mm-hmm. I ultimately decided I like, I like the uh, feeling of uh, being fi- uh, feeling five pounds lighter and 10 degrees cooler, but I can handle <laughs> the razor blade from this point forward.
2: Oh, you so say you just went bald?
1: Oh, hell yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, you, uh, oh, Out here in Las Vegas, it feels good.
2: Okay. Okay. That's like when I lived in Florida, I cut all my hair off. I had a TWA. Uh Uh-huh. Tiny.
1: I'm sorry, say that again.
2: I had a teeny weeny afro.
1: A teeny weeny afro. Okay.
2: (laughs) TWA.
1: Nice. (laughs) So, so I guess in, you know, in the final part of our conversation here, uh, one of the things that I would like to get into just a little bit more is you've explained to me from the business end how you differentiate yourself from large and small competition. Uh, How do you do that from the client-facing end and how do you get found by folks? Uh, I imagine there's a bit more to it than belonging to an app and having people type in a zip code.
2: Uh, Yeah, we have a website, www.honeybeegrocerydelivery.com.
1: There you go. There you go. Get the website in the conversation. That's good.
2: Honey yes, Honeybee, bee Delivery dot com. Uh-huh. And we also have uh Trader Joe's tells people about our, our business as well. They highly recommend us and they spread that love. Um, and then also if you do go to the shop.dumpling.us site and to put in a zip code, search for the Winston Salem area, I will pop up as the number one shopper.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have uh from what I'm seeing, based on the search I just did, you have more reviews and more repeat clients than anybody else,
0: mm-hmm. with, prefer- a, with
1: a with with a with a five star average rating.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Wow, this is I'm just I'm just looking I'm just looking this over, really good. Uh, they're demanding you in Pittsburgh. I'm demanding you in Las Vegas. <laughs> Maybe
2: one day. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely want us to open up a, a fleet out there on the beach too, in the mountains. That'll be awesome.
1: <laughs> Ooh, just imagine! Yeah, somebody somebody's on a mountain excursion, and they yeah. real, and they realize they need more supplies. Don't want to come down off the mountain. You go up and take it to them.
2: Ah, uh, I'll send someone.
1: <laughs> okay, so all the same, all the same, one way or another, somebody's getting the scenic route. <laughs>
2: yes. I'll send an expert climber shopper. So I'll have to put that on the uh, application. Do you have the climbing skills
1: (laughs) to deliver?
2: Or maybe we'll send drones. We'll send drones by then.
1: Yeah. So So a combination basically of having your own web presence, being on the dumpling app and having a retailer recommend you above anybody else who works with them.
2: Yeah, and we're also, what I got? Part of, we're also part of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce for over a year. I just graduated from the Leadership Louisville Clemens Program. Um, so we're very professional. We're very well connected in our community.
1: Yeah, so you raised the point that if you're going to thrive in a local business, find ways to just get involved in your community to raise your recognition as somebody who gives back.
2: Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're involved in a group on Facebook called Connect Support the Triad, which a lot of groups started during the pandemic to support one another. And we are one of the most friendly social, helpful um, business groups to to send referrals back and forth to each other, ideas and suggestions. Um, we would kind of been like a lifeline to each other throughout the whole pandemic. So um, that synergy really helps business and it helps us give back.
1: Wow, that's really great. And you know, through, the, through our entire conversation here, we're near the top of the hour, I just wanted to point out two things. As our listeners know our conversations here at Business Creators Radio Show take the form of private mastermind experiences where the listener feels in, feels like they're sitting in on a conversation where people mastermind between each other. That's the first item. And the second is, Uh, What's really cool about what we're discussing here is how on the surface, it's actually kind of ordinary, but it gives so many priceless insights on the ordinary things that it takes to be successful that folks either don't know simply from lack of experience or don't know how to access because they don't know the questions to ask. And I hope that during our time here together that we've been able to solve a bit of that for our listeners.
2: Wonderful.
1: I hope so too. I really do. Great, great, great. So uh, what I want to do now is um, is I want to just say one more time, your website, it's honeybeegrocerydelivery.com. It's currently local to the Winston-Salem, North Carolina a- area. However, anybody listening to this who's outside Winston-Salem can figure out how to get these types of services locally or get involved in this industry. If you're looking for a revenue opportunity, if you're looking for a way to strike out in business, or Mm -hmm. you're looking for a low capital with a possibility of high return entrepreneurial venture to get involved in. So most of all, I want to thank you for bringing this to our attention as candidly a way for people to earn
2: right and then also join the dumpling if they do get on the dumpling platform they can join that coaching program and if they want direct coaching by me they can reach out to me on the honeybee grocery delivery website or they can contact me at 336-283-3133 and i can coach them on how to build their business on that platform or
1: another one you know we're you know we're planning to keep this show on the air pretty much forever so you have to keep that phone number for the rest of your life now <laughs>
2: Okay. Or again, they can go to the website or
1: on
2: Facebook, on Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> so yeah.
1: <we're> <laughs> I'm teasing you. I'm teasing okay. you. So, uh, so Tamika Wells, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me in education.
2: Thank you, Adam. I'm so glad to be here. This has been yeah. fun, especially Beavis and Butthead. You took me back there. <laughs> <laughs>